Good morning and welcome to Faith FM. You are listening right across Australia on 87.6, 87.8 or 88, wherever you are on the Faith FM network. And you're joined by myself, Lawson, and today, my awesome co-host, we have Matthew in the studio. Matthew. Good morning, Lawson, and good morning, friends of Australia. Yeah, oh, we are so grateful to have you in today. Uh, filling in for Danuta, who is, is taking some, some time away, you know, this Friday and then into next week as well, doing some ministers meetings and whatnot, you know, preparing to, you know, just be, just be serving the Lord in, in many different ways. But she is, while she is off doing that, we're here holding down the fort. Matthew, yes. How, how's your week been so far? I know you filled in for, for some days last week. How's your week been so far? What have you been up to? It's actually been a bit of a cruisy week for me. Amazing. Um, you know, as they say, uh, don't, don't think that uh, everything is smooth when things are going too smooth. Yeah, that's uh, right. That's when the enemy likes to attack. Oh, yeah, <laughs> So man. I haven't seen him attack, yeah. but I, I guess uh, in terms of... Um, don't want to be too lax in the field of soul winning as well. So that's probably one way. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, take take relaxing time in in, in its time, but then simultaneously, yeah, it's 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 good to relax. It's also it's also good to attack uh, as you know to be on the front foot, to be getting it done. Uh, you know, I reflect here pretty much every morning. I'm just like, yeah, man, it's just. It's just essays and exams. This is like, that's, that's the life right now. It's October. It's very soon November for myself. But you know what? I am incredibly grateful. Yesterday, I had a quiz and a class presentation and I think it just went really well. I think, Praise the Lord. like, I was like, and, and the, the quiz is like, the, the quiz is like one of two quizzes for the whole semester. So it's basically acting as an exam pretty much. And it was, you know, I did my study. I knew everything that was on the, on, on the question list and, the, and, you know, in the, in the exam. So, I'm chilling, man. And, and I pray and I hope, you know, for our listeners, you guys have been blessed too. Coming up in today's news, we're going to be talking about some of the reconstruction of Hawaii that is taking place at the moment post the difficulties that they've had there with fires. We're also going to be talking about fires here in Australia. And unfortunately, we're going to be having a look at the mass shooting that has taken place over in the United States. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. And we are going to start off with our first question for the quiz. Matthew, if you could get that for us. Our first question for the quiz today. Gladly, friends. So our first question for today is, number one, out of respect for Jesus, what special kindness did Joseph of Arimathea do for Jesus' family and friends. Wow. I can put that out. I can say that again. Yeah. So out of respect for Jesus, what special kindness did Joseph of Arimathea do for Jesus' family and friends? Mm, absolutely. Jo- Joseph of Arimathea, someone of a, of a high and influential class and you know, very, yeah, very rich, uh, but simultaneously a, a disciple of Christ and, and a follower of Jesus. And, and so if you know the answer to that one, the number to text is 0491-064-669. If you text that number with the correct answer, you will go into the draw to win our prize for the this week, it will be drawn at 
quarter to nine today. It is none other than the amazing porcelain jar that we've been you know, offering people. And this jar, it's a gratefulness jar. So it's this beautiful, beautiful piece of decor. Um, and it has an amazing, you know, Bible verses on the outside, but then also on the inside, these cards of gratefulness. But then at the same time, it's just an awesome jar. Like that it would just serve and function as great decor. You can put whatever you want in it, really. I mean, maybe there are, you, you probably couldn't put it like a TV or a car or an elephant inside of it, but there's lots of things that you go and go inside of it. There's lots of application and utility for it. This is something that you absolutely want. And we can already see correct answers coming through. So guys, you need to get in. It will be drawn today. These are your last opportunities. I actually have one exactly the same size and shape as this in my bathroom that I use for like uh-huh. right, right next to the sink for a little bin. For, uh-huh. for a sink bin. Ah. But I could never do that with this one because this is gratitude on it. Yeah. You can't put trash in that. Yeah, you can't put trash in it. <laughs> what, what, what are you grateful for? Grateful. Well, I mean, you could be grateful that, you know, you you, uh, you have somewhere to put the trash, I guess, you know. Uh, but hey, it's uh, the, this is our prize for this week. It's being drawn today, guys. You need to get in. And fantastic. Hey, also, guess where we are going for our station highlight? This morning, hit us up, brother Lawson. We're heading down to none other than Western Sydney. The entirety of it, listening on eighty-eight point zero. That's where I came from, mate. That's your people, it Matthew. Is. Black oh. Town, Black yeah. Town represents. Which, hey, flannelettes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, the, you're about you're about at the start. Of the how, how long have you? Did you live in Black Town for? Yeah, so I lived over in Black Town uh, between the years of uh, two thousand. Mm-hmm. To 2006. Okay. So, yeah, during during that time in Blacktown. Is that, were, were you in like West the Western Sydney area longer than that or or just Blacktown? Um, I was in another area before that. It's called uh, Bonnie Rig, which is mm-hmm. in the back of Cabramatta. Yeah. Now, that's on another part of Sydney. Uh, mm-hmm. It's on the Liverpool line. Sure. But in the Blacktown area, that's where I was as a young fellow. Um, you just came out of high school. Yeah. And then when I got married, that was from 2006 up to 2011, I was living in Marion mm-hmm. on Blacktown. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. So, mate, you're a real a real local to the area. Hey, shout out everyone there who's listening on 88.0 FM. Give us a text if you're listening and let us know what you're up to. Let us know how your week has been. Let us know how the Lord has blessed or how much you've been blessed by Faith FM. But this morning, Matthew, where are we going in our news? Absolutely. So... We are looking at this new technology that Google has put out. Mm-hmm. With, I'll just read a few statements from what I'm reading here. Mm-hmm. It says, Google doesn't just use satellite data and machine learning to help you find Vietnamese food in the city you're visiting. It's actively protecting developing countries from flooding. Wow. So Google's using predictive uh, computer programming mm-hmm. to predict flooding. In, okay. I believe in order to prevent the flooding from happening. And uh, where they used it is in the Chilean area. Uh-huh. And, uh, so, so well, I think it would it would definitely be so that you know people wouldn't lose their lives, or or you know they would come up like if you can predict a flood is going to happen. There's a number of measures that you can like do to to stop that, whether it's you know sandbanking or, or whatever, or sandbagging, whatever it may be. But oh, this is awesome! You know, I uh, as much as Google is kind of this overlord company that is quite scary. I got to say. I would, 
I would be lost in life without Google Maps. Oh. Well, firstly, like I would be lost without Jesus. And so, you know, he's definitely <laughs> the one to turn to. But secondly, I would be direct, directionless in terms of how to get to places without Google Maps um, because they, they just are, they're on the front foot with that kind of thing because they just collect so much data. But now they're using it to... To enable these people to prevent flooding. That's amazing. And save homes. So mm. personal application there, I, I, I remember, you know, you can't tell when you can lose your own home. I've been renting uh, mm. when I've been married. And there's one time the landlord wanted his house back. And we've been in that house for six years. Mm. And so the, it puts us in a bit of a crisis mm. until we realize we serve a greater power than wow. man on earth. And God God helped us find a home in Quakers Hill after yeah. Marion. Yeah, wow. Um, oh, and awesome. then now tomorrow set and then to Kurumbong we'll be to, out today. Oh, mate, to, to the bong where we where we spend time and hang out. I'm just up the road from you there, Matthew. And I've got a verse that can actually um, give us something that we can um, you know, have strength in. And yeah, in. for sure. And it's in John 14, verse 29. And I'm referring to... God's predictive software, and that's prophecy. Wow. And the purpose of prophecy. And this is what Jesus says about it. Oh, I just lost my, my page. But I, I know it's in John chapter 14. Oh, John 14, 29, a real classic that I believe Jesus says, I tell you these things before they come to pass, so that when they come to pass, you might believe. There you go. Exactly what it is. Yeah. It's, uh, oh, it, it's a powerful verse. And as you said, it's kind of God's predictive Text there or, 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 or predictive software. Yep, that is the one appointment. I, I lost the page. You were able to come up with the oh. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> but, but essentially what, what God is saying there is, hey, I'm going to prove, I, I'm going to prove my, my providence. I'm going to prove my intelligence. I'm going to prove my control over the situation by the fact that I know the end from the beginning. And, you know, in this case of Google, I can very much see they're like, oh, guys, we can control the situation because we are going to, we're going to know what happens in the future. But God is truly the one who knows what happens. Absolutely. And I got quickly this one last good story. Yeah. Now we know about the recent fires over there in Maui mm. and the Lahaina uh, mm. residents there that suffered unfortunate loss, crisis mm. as well. Now here's some good news about these builders in Maui who constructed mm. tiny homes for a man's family. Mm. And from there it grew into a crowd crowdfunded housing project. Mm. And the good news about that is... You know, there's people looking for hope. Um, they're feeling displaced. Mm. I, I believe that uh, Oprah Winfrey and Dwayne Rock Johnson were, were putting a crowdfunding all deal together that it's received speculation. Yeah. Oh. But this is the oh. real deal here. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so their their crowdfunding thing was maybe a bit bogus, but here, it, like from from what I've seen, you know, boots on the ground, people there getting it done, rebuilding houses in a very charitable way. It is, and they're able to do more. And I guess people have been funding this particular project that started up with one person is now mm. coming to many people but here's the good news brother lawson mm. god has a promise and i'm going to test your uh, memory verse if you can save me on this one oh, oh, okay. john 14 <laughs> one to three <laughs> let all your hearts be troubled yeah let all your hearts be troubled you believe in god believe also in me in my house house there are many mansions if it were not so i would tell you uh but i go to prepare a place for you and it, it continues on there and it, and if I be honest from there, I'm just paraphrasing. I've got your back. you got my back. I've got your back. The yeah. last part goes, and when I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself, that where I am, you There you may be also. Oh, yeah. Powerful stuff. And it's what we're looking at there is that essentially in, in the world that we live in right now, there's very turbulent, very impermanent, but but we look forward to a time of complete stability 
and that's found in the kingdom of heaven. Absolutely, absolutely. And um, there's also, you find verses in Isaiah that talks about when you'll be able to have a, a place where you can plant your own vineyard, you'll be able to grow mm. your own, ha- make your own house as well, and no man will have to build uh, for you, neither you for them. Wow. Everyone will have sufficient. And that's heaven. Yeah. It's a place where, I've got, to, I've got to put a little clause there, that yes, it suffices your, your physical needs, but spiritually, heaven's not heaven without Jesus in it. Amen. Yeah, absolutely. You know, when we consider the idea of what is paradise, and you, you, for some people, they're like, oh, that looks different to everyone. You know, paradise, and, and, and actually yesterday I did a presentation, a class presentation. I'm a theology student. Yesterday in my class presentation, it was in a class called Australasian Belief, and I was actually presenting about Buddhism. Yes. And they talk about nirvana and paradise and constant pleasure and that kind of thing. And it's really, at the end of the day, anything without Christ, is not paradise. Absolutely. Because he's the only one that can provide true paradise, true freedom from sin. This is the, the key thing there. What is paradise? It's actually a freedom from sin. It's a freedom from suffering. And it is perfect love, perfect self-sacrificial love. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. And we are going to have our next quiz question, if you can get that for us, Matthew. Indeed. So our second quiz question, friends, is this. Fill in the blanks. Neither their blank nor their another blank shall be able to deliver them in the day of the Lord's wrath. Zephaniah chapter 1, verse 18. Mm, okay, we've got a hint here as well. It has to do with... Has to do with their wealth. That's correct. And I'll read that again. Mm-hmm. It says, Fill in the blanks, neither their blank nor their blank shall be able to deliver them in the day of the Lord's wrath. Mm-hmm. Zephaniah 1 18. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Hey, if you know the answer to that one, 0491 is the number to text. Text the number with the correct answer. You go into the draw to win our amazing piece of decor that we're giving away. The gratefulness jar, this beautiful porcelain jar with gratefulness cards inside. But you can put really anything inside of it. It's, it's an epic jar, epic piece of decor. It will look fantastic in whatever room you put it in. And we want to give that to you absolutely for free and Again, that number is 0491 Just have to plug real quick. After, well, the, the new section that I'll be doing right now, we're going to be doing an interview with Michael Worker, uh, particularly talking about conversion therapy and the bill that is soon to be passed here in New South mm. Wales. So we'll be talking about that very soon. We're going to have him on at around 7.40 this morning. So still a little bit of time till then. Before then, uh, right now, we are going to get into some more serious news. And we're going to begin by talking about the situation that has unfolded in the United States uh, over just the last day, which has been the one of the most deadliest shootings in the history of the state of Maine, and that is the mass shooting of Robert Card, who essentially, the story goes like this. <clears throat> this guy, Robert Card, okay, if we can, if we can take it really... Really far back. So this person, uh, Robert Card, had been working for the Army Reserves on the gun range, actually. Uh, they were, you know, they were a firearms instructor. They were teaching people how to use firearms and whatnot, training police and, and things like that. And also, you know, training, doing training in the National Guard. 
And then recently they had started to struggle severely with mental health, seeing health experts and describing themselves as feeling, as oh, well, as, as hearing voices and, and struggling heavily with that. They then made a threat towards the National Guard base in, in Sacco, which is in the area of Maine, um, uh, you know, making a threat that they were, they were going to, they're going to shoot. He's going to shoot it or something. He'd, he'd gotten really upset. Something like that. Made this threat towards them. Lost his job. Uh, and spent two weeks at a mental facility as a result. And then coming out of that now, as of yesterday, he has unfortunately gone on a shooting spree that has led up to 22 people uh, dead and their lives lost. It sounds like a case of hurt people hurting people mixed in with you know, this unfortunate yeah. emotional instability, which is on the increase. Yeah, that's right. You know, and, and what, we, what we see taking place here so, so clearly is... Well, I would, I would say this. It's, it's the reality that we are both victims and perpetrators in sin. Absolutely. We're victims of sin and perpetrators in sin. And in I a broken think, world. And I think that this guy, Robert Card, his mental instability that he was facing up until this point had led him to, like, and, and, and reportedly as well, like, for him to be saying, hey, I'm struggling with these kinds of thoughts and seeking help for it, but then going through this battle. Like, this is a very, very conflicted person who who is who is genuinely struggling. But then, unfortunately, those conflicts and those struggles internally have led him to then do something just so terrible and egregious and hurtful. And it has led to the deaths of people and the context of it as well, which is the unfortunate context of many of these shootings. You know, they're not taking place in, 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 in an army base or a construction site or, or some, some like context with a bunch of men or, or something like that. It's, it's usually if schools or in the case of, of this kind of situation, a bowling alley full of families, uh, you know, and, and the situation is that, yeah, it's, it's a, it's, it's, it's a Wednesday night. All all these families are in this bowling alley, you know, like playing cornhole and tossing balls down the lanes and all those kinds of things. Like like the the kind of activities that you participate in a couple times a year with your friends, spending time together, like just living your best lives. And then all of a sudden, you are just absolutely rocked by this tragedy. It was the it, the shooting took place there as well as a bar and grill down the road. Now, what is so interesting about the situation is the, the response to it. Obviously, much grieving, you know, it happened yesterday. Like, there, like victims having died, victims, there's still about 14 people in hospital who are, being tre- who are being treated for their injuries. And the other big aspect of this is that Robert Card is still at large. He, at, as of this time that we are speaking right now, he is uncaptured. They definitely know it's him reflecting on the CCTV footage. He wasn't wearing a mask or anything. He, you know, they see his car. He was driving his car with his number plate. But uh, he, he is still at large. They are trying to find him. It's in the state of Maine, so they've put out warnings not only in the northern states of the United States, but also up in Canada as well to look for this person. 
But also the, the responses to this, there were, I, I was on uh, a few of the different news sites and there was, there was an article released that was essentially, uh, the title of the article was this. Mass shooting will stir political debate. And this reporter just talks about how, you know, Maine is one of the safest country, uh, safest states actually in the United States regarding mass shooting. Like these, these shootings are a huge problem in, in the United States. And, and we, we've talked about it and reflected on it a bunch, but Maine is like one of the safest states regarding this. Now they have laws that the, the, you are allowed to go and freely buy firearms, but the police have the ability as well to... It's, it's called the yellow flag system, where they have the ability to say, hey, this person is going to incite violence and can just take your firearms away from you as a as a result. So they're, they're kind of... In, in On the spectrum of gun control, they're kind of like in the middle. Uh, but again, what we see here... and. I, I also want to preface what I'm about to say by saying I love living in Australia. I love living in a country where there is a a low concentration of firearms. Uh, that doesn't mean that there's not violence here in Australia, but I I I am definitely grateful that there isn't that many guns because and and you know I don't know everything about you know gun control and how it works and whatnot in terms of you know like there's lots of conflicting reports as to like people say gun gun control does work people say gun control doesn't work i just want to say that i think guns are scary and i'm like grateful that i don't see a lot of guns like that's uh, that's cool um, oh at the same time I, I think competition shooting is really cool and stuff like that and, and people doing that but i'm like oh man like i'm grateful that people don't have lots of guns here in australia but this again, this blog, this report, it's like people will use this issue to to make it about a, a political thing. And the first statement that comes from the White House as a result from this is one urging urging uh, the changing the changing of policy regarding gun control. And if I actually, if we, I think if we really reflect on this situation. Again, it's a mass shooting. It's terrible. This person has used a firearm to commit an awful atrocity. Uh, but at the same time, like, is this not also a case of the, the mismanagement of mental health and the difficulties that Americans and people around the world are facing with and struggling with with mental health? This person is someone who is in the in the army training the National Guard suffering from constant PTSD and and seeing their symptoms. Yes, they were hospitalized for a brief period of time after threatening to shoot up the, the National Guard. But then after that, uh, after like this situation taking place, there was no follow-up treatment. They're saying, I'm hearing voices. I'm doing the da, da, da. There's no, fo- like what we can see from the reports, there was no follow-up treatment because it, you know, whether it was for budgetary reasons or whatever it may be. I, I really, I see this situation. I'm like, it's awful that he picked up a gun and went and shot all those people. But it's so funny that an agenda that the current White House has been very heavily pushing, which is gun control. They've used this situation to to really highlight and focus on that, whereas in reality it's, hey, people are incredibly broken. We need to respond to this issue personally. We need to be reaching these people. And that is the, the true way to stop these, the, these things happening. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. And we are going to have our next quiz question. Matthew, if you can get that for us. Surely. So I'm just loading that up now. Our next quiz question is quiz question number three. 
And it says, On what day did God create man and beasts of the land? Air and sea. Mm, okay, creation question there, and it's the 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 beasts of the land, the air, and the sea. On what day did they create them? Yes, did God what, create them? What day did God create man and beasts of the land, air, and sea? And one thing that comes to mind, you'll find that when you research the answer, that God does things in a logical order. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, we can we don't don't give too much away. Don't give yeah. too much away. But if you get that question correct, then you will go into the draw. Oh, quick clarification on that question as well. It's a God on what day did God create man and the beasts of the land? Oh, yeah. yeah if you know the answer to that one, zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. If you get that correct, you'll go into the draw to win our amazing prize for this week, which is the awesome gratefulness jar. We'll tell you more about that later, but. But right now we have on the phone none other than Michael Worker to talk about, well, all things politics and faith here in Australia. Michael, are you there with us? Yeah, good morning. How are you today? Oh, Michael, it's, <clears throat> it's Lawson here, Matthew as well. Good we morning, are incredibly blessed to be able to talk to you this morning on the potential passing of this legislation coming up very soon regarding conversion therapy here in Australia and, well, how, how it is happening here in New South Wales after it, you know, taking place in Victoria. So give us an outline of what is taking place in that space. Look, I think from a a broad perspective, one of the challenges we're seeing in society is as a liberal Western democracy, we we don't actually have any um, legislated freedom of religion um, provisions. Sure. It's it's just always been a societal norm. Mm -hmm. And... What, what we're seeking as people of faith is to appropriately balance um, freedom of religion, which is a f- basic fundamental human right, mm-hmm. with other freedoms, such as freedom of sexuality. Sure. Uh, but what this legislation is seeking to do, I, I guess, is change that balance that basically uh, puts freedom to sexuality, freedom of sexual expression, above that of freedom of religion and seeks to, uh, I guess, diminish that free exercise of religion. Yes. Okay, so we have this legislation that is trying to be passed and we're seeing through it a priority of, you know, freedom of sex and sexual orientation and sexual intentions over freedom of religion. How, how does that play out in legislation itself? Uh, the, and we're waiting to see the bill. We, we've obviously seen... Um, we're waiting to see New South Wales Labor's bill, mm-hmm. uh, but we've been given indications that, that it will be quite similar to the Victorian legislation. And, and what that does is it, it restricts the ability of faith-based organisations to recruit and to retain in employment people who uphold their <clears throat> beliefs and values and uh, practices when it comes to sexuality. It, mm-hmm. it basically says um, you, you have no rights in that space. Mm-hmm. For sure. So if then, if employers don't have that right to employ based on faith, and particularly where this, this has been most applicable and most seen is in, in schools, uh, where, where, where does that, that leave them in terms of being able to even provide a Christian environment? And, and how, how do they even work in that situation? Can, can they say, oh, we want to 
higher Christian teachers or whatever it may be? Yeah, look, I think there's no problem around hiring um, Christian teachers and um, there's a freedom uh, to do that. But I, I, I guess uh, what, what we're wanting really in society is to have a tolerant and diverse society where we can live and let live. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if, if someone... Um, wants to come into that environment who <clears throat> doesn't want to uphold the beliefs and the teachings and the values of the faith-based organisation they're working for um, to have the freedom to say, well, maybe the, the, there's a better workplace for you. Mm. Um, and, and, and I guess that's the real challenge where those, those rights are being taken away. And when you think about Christian education, nobody is forced to send their children to a particular school. It's a competitive marketplace. Mm -hmm. And so parents in good faith are enrolling uh, their children in a school because of a certain set of values uh, and beliefs. Mm -hmm. And and then really the organisation is being restricted on on upholding uh, those values and beliefs. And yeah, that's kind of, you know, part of the challenge. Mm. Yeah, so we're seeing there also the challenge of the the right of the freedom of education for the parents as well, the freedom to enable their children to receive an education that they believe is appropriate, that they deem as as appropriate. And freedom of education, not in the sense that the, the parents are restricting the education of the children, but rather they're trying to enable the education of the children and they're being restricted from being able to to do that and and that to me i'm like that that's a terrible situation because when you don't have that diversity in education then you can lead to some some very actually we highlighted a story earlier this week from germany where there there's ongoing issues with freedom of education because basically since the 1930s there has been very much a, a government stranglehold on the education area well during the 1930s there was a complete ban on private schools in germany it was everyone had to go to public schools um that mm. has faded since then but still there is some legislation that upholds some of those ideals but now yeah. we're seeing that happen <coughs> in australia where it's like oh wait you, you know you can be a private school but that what is being really challenged here it seems like is that ability to provide an environment that the parents want their child to be educated in and again if we look at international law international law says the parents should have the right um, to have their children educated according to um, you know their, their their reasonable beliefs and 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 morality, and uh, you know what what we're really looking for here is what is reasonable and proportionate, and how do we appropriately balance these competing rights? Mm. You know, uh, we we don't want to go as far as saying people don't have the right to live how they want to live, mm. um, but but where is that intersection between <clears throat> the rights of a faith-based organisation and the, the, the rights of an individual. Mm. And, you know, I guess Western societies are characterised by individualism mm-hmm. and, um, you know, we, we, we're seeing this come through and in that individual rights um, uh, in some respects being pushed to the point where they trump the rights of the group mm-hmm. um, to sort of, you know, uh, have, have those, those values and beliefs. 
Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think for myself as well, like the question is raised is, is, is because like that the, usually the guise under which these kinds of legislation are being passed is that, hey, we're stopping harmful practices. But mm. the question is, well, what is actually harmful? And I guess that's that's what's really being challenged here. And that's what what's being brought up is it's is, is it harmful for children to be in a Christian environment when receiving their education or, you know, and, and, and is it harmful for a Christian based organization to, you know, the, um, terminate employment because an individual doesn't want to live up to or uphold the standards of that? Like, like then you could say, Oh, it's, it's harmful to fire people. And it's like, Oh, but if they're not doing the, a good job, is that harmful? Like there, there's these huge question marks here. And, and I reflect as well on, the more so then on the you know the conversion therapy bill that we saw in Victoria as well, and then it's like oh well actually prayer is harmful, um, and this is mm. harmful and that and mm. but the 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 question is are those things actually harmful, or is there just a cultural shift and a difference of opinion that is leading one side who dislikes that perspective to say that it's harmful to suppress that perspective. I think there, there, there are some positive aspects of the conversion therapy legislation. You know, there are some practices that, look, we don't really see any evidence that have been practised for many years, but, sure. you know, some of the practices in the 60s and early 70s um, that legislators are trying to ban, mm-hmm. fair enough, we would agree with them. You know, they're, yeah. they're, they're not areas. Um, and, and, you know, when, when you look at the legislation, it's not so much the um, change aspects of it, but it's it's those areas of suppression, which is what you're alluding to, mm. that that an adult who is of sound mind in in the laws in Victoria cannot go to a pastor and say, "I'm struggling with my sexuality. Can you pray for me?" Mm. Um, you, you know, pastors, counselors, teachers <clears throat> are restricted. In, in, in what advice that they can give mm. because any any advice, any support, any direction that's given that might in any way suppress or encourage the person to suppress their um, sexual desires is, is, is unlawful. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the chances of being convicted for having a conversation, I, I guess, are pretty low, um, but, you know, the, the risk of... Um, Going before a civil and administrative tribunal, which which they're, they're normally, um, you know, confidential, um, the the risk of media, um, just just the uncertainty it creates in minds of how do I mm. meaningfully respond to someone who has a genuine question or is having a genuine struggle in their life? Um, how, how how can I respond pastorally or in a caring caring manner? Yeah, absolutely, and I. I think if I can quickly comment on that, it, it's so interesting to see that throughout history, the the suppression of sexual desire has been seen as something that's actually virtuous and temperate. Uh, like, and if we take it out of the LGBT context, rather in a in a monogamy context, it's like, hey, if you suppress your sexual desire, like if you if you act in monogamy and in 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 faith towards your spouse and that kind of thing, and don't sleep around, it's like that's a that's a positive thing. Um, but now it's any, any conversations on, on that particular area, but, and then also on the, on the area of, again, sexual identity and orientation. They're saying, oh, no, that's actually, 
it's harmful to suggest that there should be some level of, you know, advice regarding that, that people can, can do things differently, which is very, very difficult situation. Matthew had a question. Matthew, what do you want to yeah, ask? Yeah, good morning, Michael. Um, just had this question, which is regarding what you were talking about earlier in terms of um, how we're trying to be tolerant. And if I could give a, uh, an example of in America where we have trans women entering into um, women's sports. Now, trans women, as you know, men believing that they're women, and uh, you know, there's issues where these women feel disenfranchised. Mm-hmm. And one of their solutions is, why don't we make a category where trans women versus trans women, and the, the women can then safely, you know, do their sports with women. But in this case, with uh, what I'm hearing you say, is uh, they would, you know, how can we make it a happy medium for our Christian kids to have Christian values as well as these, uh, these teachers of these alternative lifestyles to be in a school that would cater for something separate. Is that correct, uh, Michael? Because my main question at the end of it is, what is the arguments going forward to petition for protecting Christian values? Yeah, look, the, the whole... Um situation i guess of, of of transgender in sports um i guess is a very difficult matter and mm. um one of the areas that i've i've seen concern raised there is that um the impact that has on women who are not as strong not as you know um fast and and um how, how that's um, creating a threatening environment for for many um, biological women and, uh, yeah, look, people who are deeper into it than me um, have been debating these issues for, for a long time, but it's certainly a pain point in our society at the moment and uh, it'll be interesting to see to see where it goes. I think, you know, for, for us, our, our world church, our world Seventh-day Adventist church has believed that the idea of religious freedom is that we advocate for the freedom of religion for those of all faiths yes. and those of none. Yes. And and so we really want to see an environment where we, we can all coexist together. We, we're, we're not all going to agree. You know, we're not all going to have the same beliefs and values. But, but how can we have a, a cooperative society where we're free to say, hey, this is what we believe the Bible teaches. And if, sure. um, you know, if under the... Leading of the Holy Spirit, you want to join us? Great, come come and join us. But how can we respectfully have that dialogue? And and, and I guess one of the, the challenges for me is it's it, it's often been pitted as an us and them yes. kind of situation. But how do we get alongside and have the conversation? How do we learn to get along? And I think you know I, I'm always reminded by what the Bible says in John 13. It, it says by this. Um, People may know that you are my disciples if you have loved one for another. Amen. And, and so how do we change that narrative um, to get alongside and, and to understand and, 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 and relate together in an environment where the media is always wanting an us and them approach? Yeah. You know, like we have state of origin, it's blues and maroons. And, you know, it, mm. once upon a time it was Falcons and Commodores and Fords and Holdens and, mm. you know, um, we, we, we like to talk about the All Blacks and, well, sometimes we don't actually because they, they, they win too often, but you know what I mean. There's <laughs> always an us and them. That's right. But 
and, and so this whole discussion of LGBT and Christian has been typecast in that. Yes. And, and, and somehow we need we need a different narrative and a different way to be able to work through this um, dialogue uh, mm. and honour God in the way we do it. That, that's one of the challenges I see. And, and the, these pieces of legislation, uh, because it becomes so politically agitated, actually makes it harder to have that conversation. Sure. So anyway, I mean, I, I guess that's just a reflection from, from my point of view. If, if, if listeners, are, I guess, are concerned about the pending legislation in, in New South Wales, uh, there's a wonderful website simply called contactyourmp.org.au. Yes. And um, <clears throat> we, we, we fully support uh, what the website is endeavouring to do. Um, it, it's been put together by Freedom for Faith, um, of which I, I'm part of. Mm. Um, if you look at the website, my name's down the bottom of, of one of the um, representatives that endorses this website, contactyourmp.org.au. Mm. How much time do people have to do that? <clears throat> look, we, we think somewhere in the month of November is when the bill will be released. Mm. So now is the time. Yeah. Now mm. is the time. Fantastic. Hey, Michael, thank you so much for joining us this morning and enlightening us on this topic. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.